This episode of Your Catholic Life is brought to you by Iowa Catholic Radio, connecting listeners with Christ, iowacatholicradio.com, and everywhere you are on the free Iowa Catholic Radio app. Welcome in, everyone, to Your Catholic Life, a podcast for Catholics by Catholics, helping you grow in your faith. I'm John Leonetti, your host. There are those conversations and interviews I wish didn't have to end. Today's is one of those interviews. Dr. Michael Hessman, author of, let's just say, dozens of books, including the international bestseller, My Brother the Pope, along with Monsignor George Ratzinger, joins me today to discuss the close relationship between the brothers, the final visit the Pope Emeritus had with his brother, and I couldn't help but ask a simple question, namely, knowing the Pope Emeritus so well as Dr. Hessman does... What's he like? This was a fascinating conversation and a real honor for me. Here it is, my conversation with Dr. Michael Hessman. Hello, doctor. Hello, my pleasure to be on your show. 38 books, doctor? And 44. 44? Whoa! Your favorite of all 44. (laughs) Well, you know, um, it's a lot of work and... But the information is from, uh, your information was from 2011 when my brother, the Pope, was published. And uh, in the meantime, I wrote a couple of more. You, um, you know, you've gotten to know Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI? Indeed, yes. And what's he like, just on a personal level? He is a very simple, wonderful, humble, wise man. And if you meet him, you really, you, you have wisdom in front of you and knowledge in front of you and a brilliant, bright mind. Also, his body is getting more and more fragile with every year. But still, you know, he is crystal clear and his memory is better than the memory of any of us. I mean, it, it, how old is he exactly now? He is 93. He got 93 in April. And you're, you're telling me that his mind is still the same. I mean, his body obviously is, is wearing, but his, his mind is still there. His mind is an encyclopedia and filled with wisdom and, and knowledge and facts. And, you know, he, he remembers so many details from his life and from his work and, and um, just, you know, uh, ask him a question. He knows the answer immediately and it's a very profound one and a very scientific one. And he is, he is maybe the most brilliant mind I ever encountered in my life. He's got to be. I mean, my goodness. And still at 93 years old, that's just... That's incredible. And you say wise, you know, not just intelligent, but he's wise. Very, very wise. I'll give you one example. You know, one time when he got 90, I met him and congratulated him and I said, Holy Father, I wish you many good years and health and strength. And he said, please, Mr. Hesman, don't wish me this. And I said, why, Holy Father? You, you live in wonderful Vatican Gardens and it's so beautiful here. And he said, Heaven is more beautiful. Heaven is much more beautiful. Wow. And um, so, you know, just one example how a simple, normal conversation, uh, dusty wishes, can, can go to a very, very deep and profound level. And this is Pope Benedict. You know, he, he um, is not a man of small talk, but he is the man of deep and profound wisdom. You've got to think, I mean, when you're in his presence, you're in the presence of a living saint? Indeed, indeed, indeed. He is so some humble and wise, and, and everything of him is just good, and he is radiating with goodness and, and holiness. And indeed, yes, and I'm 100% sure that uh, 
he will uh, be declared a saint in, uh, within 10 years after he will pass away, but I hope it's in a distant future. Yeah, uh, talking to Dr. Michael Hessman right now uh, on you know Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, but has written extensively, um, and especially regarding their relationship between Monsignor George Ratzinger and Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Uh, I I heard, and I don't know if this is I've read it, I've I've heard it. I don't know if this is true, but I I think you're about as close as I'm going to get to confirming it. Uh, that his his dream was to retire and just retire with his brother and write. I mean, that was their goal. Is that true? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. He had his house in Regensburg, and he just waited for the moment that John Paul II will allow him to retire. And John Paul II <laughs> always said, no, you have to stay as long as I'm there. And then in 2005, John Paul II passed away, and of course we all cried, but in, in deep inside of him, Cardinal Ratzinger said, well, at least I'm free now, <laughs> and at, at least I can go home. And his brother was so much looking forward and to, to, to see him and to spend the, the last whatever decades of her life together in, in, in just a normal way and writing some more books and talking and meeting friends and traveling and whatever. And then came the conclave. And, you know, it, for, for, for Benedict, it was like an execution. But, you know, it was the will of God and he couldn't say no. But his brother, Georg Ratzinger, for two days was in a deep depression. Mm. He didn't want to talk to anybody. He didn't go to the phone Nothing. Eventually, on the second day, his housekeeper picked up the phone, and who was on the phone? Pope Benedict. Oh, my goodness. And said, hey, why you didn't call? I tried to call you all the time, and why you didn't go to the phone? It's a true story. My goodness. Can you imagine being depressed when your brother's elected Pope? (laughs) But it's true. I mean, you you look forward to something probably your entire life, because, again, they were so close. I don't want to get into that relationship in a second. But you you look forward to something your entire life, then all of a sudden, in an instant, you realize it's not going to happen. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, whenever you mention Bavarian, whenever during his pontificate and after his pontificate, uh, Whenever any group from Bavaria wanted to meet him in a private audience or play Bavarian music or bring him Bavarian food or whatever, he had an open heart and he had tears in his eyes and he remembered his beautiful Bavaria, which is, you know, the, the, as close to heaven as you can get on earth. And um, indeed, when he came back uh, three weeks ago to visit his brother, um, who was going to die, and we all know, we all knew he was going to die. He at least had the possibility to to see a little bit of Regensburg and the, the the grave of the parents and his old house and so on. And of course, to be with his brother for four days and to pray with him, to celebrate Holy Mass with him for the very last time. Was his brother conscious when he was there? Yes, absolutely. Wow. I, I visited him at the same time, so I can clearly testify. And Pope Benedict visited the parents' grave, and I um, said my last farewell to Georg Ratzinger. And he was so crystal clear, he, he immediately um, recognized my voice. He was nearly blind, but he recognized my voice. And he said, Mr. Hesselman, how is new new book going on? He knew I am writing a new book, number 45. And, you know, we, it, just, it was just... He was crystal clear and a good sense of humor, but he also told me that, you know, he wants to die and, and he thinks it's over and, and he, he is looking forward to heaven. And um, so I asked him for his blessing and he blessed me last time and uh, it was a very emotional um, encounter, but he was crystal clear and I know 
from from people close to both of them, but you know they they had conversations and and celebrated holy mass and prayed the rosary. And um, the only thing is, of course, you know he got tired very uh, very quickly, mm-hmm. the brother. And um, well, but he he was able to die in peace, and you know he he died a week later. So. Um, Nine days later, so uh, it it was indeed a farewell in all consciousness and all death you can imagine. Were they always close, grown up? Oh yeah, oh yeah. The family, the Ratzinger family, was so close. And uh, Georg Ratzinger was three years older, and he was the role model a little bit for his younger brother Joseph. He had the vocation to become a priest earlier before before Joseph, and Joseph followed a little bit into. His footsteps. Then came the war, and because of the war, the the um, age distance uh, was melting, and they both entered the seminary together, and they were ordained on the very same day, on the 29th of June, 1951. And they had the first holy mass, both of them, on the 8th of July, 1951. And now, on the 8th of July, was a great funeral. So this was a kind of, of you know providential uh, coincidence. Uh, but indeed, uh, his very last holy mass, the requiem, and his funeral was on the on the 69th anniversary of the first holy mass. Were they? So it was a, you you a knew really them, rich priestly life. You knew them both really well. Were they were they similar in their demeanor? No, they're completely different. Really? Uh, yes, Benedict uh, is an introverted, silent, very wise, um, but but very, a little bit shy. And personality. When uh, Georg Ratzinger was very extroverted, and he loved to be surrounded by people, and he loved to meet people, and he made jokes, and he loved to drink a beer, and he was very much down to earth, and much more than his brother, who, as a kid, was a loner, who, you know, was reading his books and had, you know, his own little world with his book, and and didn't like to play with others too much. So uh, the personality was completely different, but the vocation and the depth and the genius was the same. Georg Ratzinger became a musical genius, an internationally celebrated choir leader who toured the world with the Regensburg Cathedral Boy Choir and uh, was a famous composer, too. And Benedict, of course, became the greatest theologian uh, in German language um, in, in, in the century, we have to say, and, of course, the successor of St. Peter, he became the Pope. So both uh, geniuses, and they came from very simple, from a very simple background. The father was a country policeman, the mother was a cook. But it was the the deep spirituality of the parents. They all they had a sister too, an older sister, Maria Waxinger. They all were kneeling on the kitchen floor, the wooden kitchen floor, playing the rosary, praying the rosary every day. And uh, they went to Holy Mass regularly. And the richness of the Catholic culture, especially this Baroque Catholic culture in Bavaria, inspired them to reach out for the highest, for priesthood, for God. And and the one, Georg Ratzinger, he searched for God with the voice of the angels, in the language of the angels, with music. And indeed, Joseph reached out for God in theology in the intellectual way, and both of them mastered their mission, their vocation, in the best possible way. 
I know I, I want to point people to your books, um, I, but I especially want to point people to uh, my brother, the Pope. Um, and, and that was something that you, you helped write uh, with Monsignor George Ratzinger, of course. Um, this is a book, I think, friends, that you're going to really learn a lot from. Uh, I, I've read it and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very interesting and very fast read. Uh, and that's a compliment to you, doctor. Uh, any other books that you want to promote or anything? I mean, you just this is such an honor for me. <laughs> you know, I'm not here for promotional purposes, of course. And Mary of Nuts read this book, which uh, Georg Ratzinger liked a lot, and which uh, follows the historical background uh, and behind the life of the Holy Works of Mary. So, you know, if if um, somebody is searching for a nice Catholic book, maybe this is a recommendation. But important at the moment, just, you know, to reflect this great life, which um, just ended uh, on the 1st of July, I would really recommend everybody who wants to know more about Pope Benedict to, to read and the memories of his brother, who was the closest person for him, three years older. He remembers the day when Pope Benedict was born as an eyewitness, that nobody was ever as close to Pope Benedict as his brother. So I can really recommend everybody who wants to deep, uh, to dive deeply into into this Bavarian Catholic culture and the background of this great pope to read the book. Well, if I get to Rome, I get to Rome every year. If I get there, I'm going to look you up, and I want to have a pint with you, or maybe an espresso. Absolutely. Dr. Absolutely. Michael Hesman, that'd be, that'd be an honor for me. God bless you, doctor. Thank you for coming on. The honor is mine, and God bless you, and God bless America. That's Dr. Michael Hesman, everyone. So there you have it, friends. I told you. Again, I could have had a conversation with him for hours. It's just fascinating for me to hear from someone that knows the Ratzinger family so well. The stories and the humor, the love for God and the church the brothers had and have is and was inspiring to me. Big thanks to Dr. Michael Hessman, my guest today. I'm going to take him up on that pint or coffee as well when I get back to Rome, by the way. Friends, make sure to share this and other episodes of Your Catholic Life on Facebook and Twitter, reminding your friends to take part in the show. Visit yourcatholiclifepodcast.com as well. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm John Leonetti signing off here on Your Catholic Life. Remember, the only way to happiness is by holiness. Be confident in Christ's mercy and his love today.